the idea is always figure out what it is that you want. What kind of life is it that you truly want? Maybe there's a life that you think you want right now, but if you actually dig deep and look at it, you might actually realize that that's not your life that you want. That's the life that you want to portray to other people. While going through life, sometimes we get in ruts. Most often, we live our lives how society and culture expect us to, towing the line. But it feels empty, we feel unfulfilled, and we know deep down there's much more to life. This is Unplugged Freedom. This is Unplugged Freedom. Life is not just a one-size-fits-all. We're here to offer you a new perspective on how you can create true freedom for yourself. No limits. No limits. No restrictions. No restrictions. You have passions and interests, skills and talents. It's time to dig, find them, and use them. Let's do this. He's here to help you get more out of life. Unplugged Freedom with Nathan Isaac. Yo, what is happening, guys? Nathan back once again with another episode of the Unplugged Freedom Podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to be doing part three of The Alchemist. And if you're new here, we are going to be reading the book, The Alchemist. It's one of my favorite books. There's a lot of things to learn from it. And basically what I'm doing here is I'm reading through it and I'm kind of going over the different things that I pull from this book. And I've read this book many times. I've listened to the, the actual audiobook many, many times, and I would highly recommend it. The guy who actually does it does an incredible job. And so this is just something that I've always wanted to do is to read this book. And when you do something like this, you also you also get more from it because it's one thing to read a book, but it's another thing to actually read it out loud and then to actually stop and talk about the different things within that book. And that's a lot of why I want to do this. And hopefully you get something out of it. Maybe I totally missed something that you might see. And, you know, you can send me a message on Instagram, Unplugged Freedom. You can also find me on Telegram, Unplugged Freedom. Unpluggedfreedom.com is still in the works. And so let's get to it. Part three of The Alchemist. The boy began again to read his book, but he was no longer able to concentrate. He was tense and upset because he knew that the old man was right. He went over to the bakery and bought a loaf of bread, thinking about whether or not he should tell the baker what the old man had said about him. Sometimes it's better to leave things as they are, he thought to himself, and decided to say nothing. If he were to say anything, the baker would spend three days thinking about giving it all up, even though he had gotten used to the way things were. The boy could certainly resist causing that kind of anxiety for the baker. So he began to wander through the city and found himself at the gates. This is actually a really interesting point here. So in part two, we kind of covered this this section of the book where the the old man had, was talking about this baker and that the baker wanted to travel, but instead he decided to buy his bakery and then that he was going to save up some money. And then only when he was an old man, he's going to go to Africa. And people don't actually realize that they can do the things that they want to do now. But unfortunately, what they do is they hold themselves back from it and they say, oh, well, I'm getting married this year and uh, that would have been nice if, uh, you know, I would have thought of that before going to university and before I got this job, that would have been nice. But, uh, you know, no, I'm I'm in this job and I'm in this job for the next 40 years until I retire. And, and that's that's when I'll go. That's when I'll go. <laughs> this, this is this is real. 
this is so true. This is, this happens all the time. And I see it all the time, especially in the job that I have right now. Because like I was talking about, we're unionized and people don't want to give up their seniority. And it's unfortunate, you know, something such as your seniority within a job that maybe you're not happy with, or maybe your pension or whatever it might be. And they, they think, oh, I, I can't travel now. I've, I've got a, uh, there's no way I could leave this seniority. That'd be stupid of me. And it's just like, yeah, but if you're, if you go off and you live your life, that is something much more true to you and what you love, then your seniority means absolutely nothing. You won't even think about it. And that's the thing that people got to realize is that these things that, oh, I got a mortgage and yeah, you have, you might have a mortgage, but if you're really honest with yourself, you might even think, you know, I really don't want to have this mortgage for the next 30 years of my life. It's actually going to be longer since the interest rates that are just outrageous. But you think to yourself, what if there's a way that maybe I could keep it and then maybe I could travel? But what about my job? What about my career? And the thing is, is that you you can get another job. There's plenty of jobs out there, especially in today's market. It's incredible what's happening. Every time I walk into a business, people are always offering me a job. Always. So the thing is, is that it's very interesting that the people will get into jobs, they'll get into relationships, and they'll get into, you know, careers or education, all these things. And they they think that there's a point of no return. And like, yeah, it, it can be a little bit shitty if you spend three years doing an, a degree or education, and you decide that it's not for you. And you think, well, there's no way I can turn back now, I've already done three years. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if you're not happy, you're not happy. And that's the thing that you've got to realize that it's better to pull the plug now than later on. There's people who are in relationships that, you know, they've been in for five, 10 years and their whole identity revolves around you and this other person. It might be John and Mary. Everything's John and Mary, John and Mary this, John and Mary that. There's no just John and there's no just Mary. It's John and Mary. And to leave that, you have no idea what that would even do for you. You all have these friends, you have family, you have these connections, you have these colleagues, you have these circles, just you have this whole life that is built around this and you think it's too deep for me to get out. And it's not. And I, I'm not sitting here that saying that um, that you, if you're in a relationship, that you have to leave it or in order to be happy. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is that we have to be able to realize that it doesn't matter if we're a week into it, if we're a month into it, a year into it, a decade into it, that at any point in time, it's okay that we can turn back and change our mind and say, you know what, I want I want to move on from something else. And that's okay. You're allowed to. I'm giving you permission. And so in this part, Santiago talks uh, talks to himself about, should I tell this baker baker that he, you know, maybe maybe he should go do what he wants to do and do it now and not do it later on? But then at the same time, you know, to to cause that in somebody, because maybe he is content with the way that he's living. But then here you come along and you start putting this thoughts in their mind. That can be very troubling. I've been there before. I do it all the time to people and blow people's mind just to to think of something different, to think of a, a different point of, of view. And people are just, I, I leave people shocked, <laughs> basically. I remember this one girl, she was an electrician. And she was working, we were kind of like working next to each other. We're both up on ladders and she was working on this thing and I was working on this door and we just got to talking and, you know, I was just, I was curious, how how did you get into being an electrician? And was it something that you always wanted to do? And for most people, it's not. For most people, it's just kind of, well, what can I get into? What pays pretty good? What could I maybe enjoy a little bit? 
But that's not what I want to know about. I want to know what, like, what fuels you. What, what makes you truly happy? What, what is the deep down in your heart, the thing that you would love to do? And when we got talking, she was talking about how she loves to bake. She's always wanted to open up her own bakery and do all these things. And we just got talking about that. You know, like, what is your favorite thing to bake? What do you, what is your favorite thing to bake for yourself? What is your favorite thing to bake for other people? What do, what do other people, you know, they, they see you coming to the dinner party and they want you to bake what? What is it they want you to bring to the dinner? And so we've really got into this conversation. And I remember she just, she sat there for a second, just kind of like lost in her own mind. And she just kind of shakes her head out of it. She looks at me and says, you make me think too much. And I kind of smiled and this isn't the first time that I've I've done this. I've done this many, many, many times where I get asking people these questions. And the reason that I that I can get people to this point is because I always ask my favorite question. My favorite question is why? Why? A lot of people stop at what? What do you do? What are you going to school for? What are you going to do for your wedding? There's just all these things. And what is fine... But the thing is, is that we have to follow it up with why. But the the beautiful thing about the question why is that it doesn't just stop after the first one. And the reason for that is because a lot of times if you ask someone, oh, do you want to have kids? Yes, they might answer. But then you follow that up with why do you want to have kids? And then they might say, well, I've, I've always wanted to have kids. I just, I just love being around kids. It's my favorite thing. That's what I want. Now, that first answer to your first asking of why could actually very well be just a rehearsed statement that they have told themselves over and over and over again. And what this does is over time, they begin to believe it. They begin to really put it into their their part of them. It, it just becomes a part of them, beca- becomes a part of their answer. And so that's that's the problem with a lot of times this uh, when people do ask why is they just stop on the first one oh that's why you want to be a, that's why you want to be a teacher that's why you want to have kids that's why you want to marry this person that's why you want to have a relationship that's why you want to buy a house that's why whatever it is but the thing is is that you have to dig deeper and they might say well I want to make a lot of money because I want to feel secure oh and why does making a lot of money make you feel secure and what happens is that gets deeper and you can go very deep with it. Why does that make you happy? Why is that what you want? Why? And after every answer, if you continue getting down to why, you can actually really pull out the honest truth of somebody. And if you're really good at it, you can really pull out the tears. You can really get to the real answers. And you might even, and they might even realize that, wow, I actually don't want to have kids. I actually don't want to go to school. The only reason I was thinking about becoming a doctor is because my my parents, my mom's a lawyer, my dad's a doctor, and I, I couldn't just be a, a backpacker floating around Australia. <laughs> what would they think of me? But if that's what you want to do and that's what would make you happy, wouldn't that be important? And so it, it, this first little part about Santiago talking about talking to this baker is very interesting. And I've seen it many, many times. So there was a small building. Oh, let's go back. The boy could certainly resist causing that kind of anxiety for the baker. So he began to wander through the city and found himself at the gates. There was a small building there with a window at which people bought tickets to Africa. And he knew that Egypt was in Africa. Can I help you? Asked the man behind the window. Maybe tomorrow, said the boy, moving away. 
If he sold just one of his sheep, he'd have enough to get to the other shore of the strait. The idea frightened him. Another dreamer, said the ticket seller to his assistant, watching the boy walk away. He doesn't have enough money to travel. While standing at the ticket window, the boy had remembered his flock and decided he should go back to being a shepherd. In two years, he had learned everything about shepherding. He knew how to shear sheep, how to care for pregnant ewes, and how to protect the sheep from wolves. He knew all the fields and pastures of Andalusia, and he knew what was the fair price for every one of his animals. This is actually a really interesting paragraph because I can relate to this myself. So going back, he's talking about if he just sold one of his sheep, he'd he'd have enough money to get to the shore of the strait. But the idea of that frightened him. Now, if you think about something, maybe maybe you want to go traveling. Maybe you want to leave your job and go to another place. Maybe you want to move into another city, whatever it is. But then you stop and you think about it and you, you think about it. Just you put yourself in that position and you think, oh, if I move to that, if I move from where I am to the city, I'm, I'll, I'll have to get a smaller place because I can't afford it four bedroom house like I can here and I'll have less things and I'll have to get rid of so much stuff and I I, I wouldn't know what to get rid of and uh, you know you you get right into that idea and that thought and then all of a sudden it scares you frightens you and you kind of tense up in this moment what happens there is exactly what Santiago just went through while standing at the ticket window the boy had remembered his flock and decided he should go back to being a shepherd. A lot of times with fear, unfortunately, fear takes the the takes over and it, it it holds us back and it sucks. It's shitty. And that's exactly what this this happens is we start to justify. And when this happens, this means that we we hold ourselves back. So let's say, like I said, if you wanted to move to the city, right now you are living in a small town. You own a three-bedroom house, and if you move to the city, the idea of selling your three-bedroom house will get you the cost of a condo down in the city. And you're, you're just thinking, how could I even make that change? What, what would I keep and what would I throw away? I can't throw away my rugs. I can't throw away my paintings. I can't throw away my dressers and my beds and my TVs. What would I throw away? How do I even? And then you get overwhelmed and then you get the, the, the frightening behind that. And then what happens is you actually begin to justify and you say, well, you know what? It's, it's a better, it's a better quality of life here. My dollar goes further living out, out in the country. I, I like the small town feel I like, and you, you, you continue to justify, you know, I, I've got this job and you know, I've, uh, I've got some good seniority. I, I know the people here. I, I've got a family doctor uh, who really knows me, who takes care of me. I, I've got everything here. And then you start to justify things. But what is happening is you're, you're actually being held back by your fear. And what's unfortunate is that this is actually very, very scary. Because you can't see that this is fear unless you have really good self-awareness. I remember when I was in Australia, I was looking for a job and I got denied all these jobs because I was on a work holiday visa. Everybody wanted me to have not have a work holiday visa. You can only work up to six months with a job when you're on that. And so what happened was I finally got a job offer and the job offer was to move and live in Bali, Bali, Indonesia. So to go from Australia and to go to Bali, Indonesia, and I'm sitting there and going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I, I just, I couldn't make up my mind. And I, I remember standing at my window, which is kind of interesting in this, uh, this uh, part of the paragraph. 
While standing at the ticket window, the boy had remembered his flock. I was standing at a window. I remember this big window I had in my room, and I'm looking out. It's a nice Australian sunny day. And I remember looking out, and I said, you know what? Because I had just paid for my second year visa, which cost me like $500. And I used like three days of it. And once you start it, you can't stop it. It's, it's running. So I thought, you know what? I couldn't decide if I wanted to go to Bali for, or if I wanted to stay in Australia and try and find a job. But I had a job opportunity in Bali. So I decided, looking out my window, I said, you know what? I'll stay. That's what I'll do. I'll stay. And I remember in that moment of deciding, it was like this whole feeling of relaxation came over me. The, the anxiety, the worry, the angst, all of that, it was just gone. And I felt so calm when I had made that decision to stay in Australia and not to go to Bali, not to go to a country that I've never been to before by myself. And so it was very calming. And I sat in that for a little bit. I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll just stay here. I'll find a job. And, you know, maybe I'll go somewhere else. Because at the time I was in Northern Australia. And I sat in this feeling of comfort. And that's a very key word, comfort. And I sat there and it only lasted about five minutes. And then I thought to myself, who is talking right now? Who is talking right now? Is it me who is talking? I'm, I'm talking the real me? Or is it fear that is talking? And this is a very scary moment because it's very hard to see. Unless you have a very keen sense of self-awareness, you might think it is actually you who is speaking in that moment, but not realizing that it's actually fear speaking and trying to protect you. Our brains are very logical. They're there to keep us protected. They're there to protect us. Our hearts, okay, if our brain is there to protect our heart. Your heart, if you ran with your heart, you would be hurt. And so your brain tries to protect your heart from being hurt. And so when, you're, when your heart hurts, your brain tries to say, I don't want you to be hurt again. And it tries to protect it. So in that moment of asking myself, who's speaking right now? I had realized that it was fear that was talking and it wasn't me. And I said, this, is, this isn't me talking. This is, this is fear talking. Because what do I want out of life? What do I go after? And then I thought to myself, what is it that I go after? And what I actually go after is for myself, I like to stretch my comfort zone. I like to step outside of my comfort zone. I like to grow as much as possible. I like to face new challenges and overcome them. And if, and then I thought to myself, you have a fork in the road. One, you're going to go to a country you've never been to by yourself, and you're going to be working a commission-only job where you may not make any money, and you may fail. Where if you can stay in Australia, you have a place to live, you can most likely find a job, and you can have pretty much a guaranteed paycheck every week. But at the end of the day, what is it that you truly want? And when I thought about this question of what I truly wanted, I looked out into the future and I said, what I love is I love to grow, love to be challenged love to step out of my comfort zone. I love to be a completely different person than I was the year before. And when I answered these questions of what I truly wanted, the answer was right in front of me of, then you go to Bali. You don't listen to the fear because the fear is trying to hold you back. It's trying to keep you safe. And what you want is not to be safe. You want to step outside your boundaries. This is where it is. And right then and there, I made the decision. I said, okay, picked up the phone, called the guy, said, I'll take the job. And so it's, it's a very interesting thing. So we have to know the difference between who is talking. Is it your fear or is it actually you? And you have to have really good self-awareness for that. So let's get back to this book. He decided to return to his friend's stable by the longest route possible. As he walked past the city's castle, he interrupted his return 
and climbed the stone ramp that led to the top of the wall. From there, he could see Africa in the distance. Someone had once told him that it was from there that the Moors had come to occupy all of Spain. He could see almost the entire city from where he sat, including the plaza where he had talked with the old man. Curse the moment I met that old man, he thought. He had come to the town only to find a woman who could interpret his dream. Neither the woman nor the old man was at all impressed by the fact that he was a shepherd. They were solitary individuals who were no longer believed in things and didn't understand that shepherds become attached to their sheep. He knew everything about each member of his flock. He knew which ones were lame, which one was to give birth two months from now, and which were the laziest. He knew how to shear them and how to slaughter them. If he ever decided to leave them, they would suffer. So once again, he's still justifying it. Meeting that old man and meeting the woman was was two of the most amazing things for Santiago. But here he is saying, curse, curse meeting the old man. And neither the woman nor the old man was impressed by the fact that he was a shepherd. They, they, they didn't care that he was a shepherd. But what they did care about is, you have a dream. If you go here, you will find treasure. And But, he, he, but Santiago is still justifying why he should stay a shepherd and not go to Egypt, not go to the pyramids, not look for his treasure. He's still trying to justify that. The wind began to pick up. He knew that wind. People called it Levanter. Because on its moors had come from the Levant at the eastern end of the Mediterranean. The Levanter increased in intensity. Here I am, between my flock and my treasure, the boy thought. He had to choose between something he had become accustomed to and something he wanted to have. There was also the merchant's daughter, but she wasn't as important as his flock because she didn't depend on him. Maybe she didn't even remember him. He was sure that it made no difference to her on which day he appeared. For her, every day was the same. And when each day is the same as the next, it's because people fail to recognize the good things that happen in their lives every day that the sun rises. This is a really good paragraph right here. So even though he's still trying to justify as to why he should stay a shepherd, he still knows that, okay, I'm accustomed to being a shepherd. I know what this is like. But then there's something that I want that is out there. And I will go somewhere that I've never been to, which is Egypt and to the pyramids. But then also... There's this girl who he's been awaiting to see for so long. And, but once again, she's, she doesn't depend on him like his flock does. And to her, he could be nobody. Like he says, she could have even forgot who he was. And so it, it's, it's very interesting. Like this is the, you know, he's, he's going back and forth right here. And this is kind of like when I was sitting in the window and thinking, what do I do? Do I stay in Australia or do I go to Bali and take this weird, sounding job. <laughs> when each day is the same as the next, it's because people fail to recognize the good things that happen in their lives every day that the sun rises. This is a really good quote. I actually have this highlighted. And the reason for that is because a lot of times people's people's days are the same. They they go to work at a job that they're not too impressed with. They come home, they do the same routine. You know, the, the routine that they were told that would make them successful would that would what what is it that would show to others that they are successful when they're really not and not, and not to say that there's anything wrong with that but if you're just doing those things just because that's what you're taught to do or taught to go after well that's that's where the problem comes in and so you know they might throw on some tv and watch the same tv shows and yada yada it just kind of becomes the same routine and they forget to see all the things that do really happen within those days and there's just there's amazing things that happen within those days and so 
we we have to be able to to see those like for myself my job is different all the time i may not enjoy all aspects of the job but it is different all the time and i really appreciate that because that's something that's really good for myself so let's get to this i left my father my mother and the town castle behind they have gotten used to my being away and so have i the sheep will get used to my not being there too the boy thought from where he sat he could observe the plaza people continued to come and go from the baker's shop A young couple sat on the bench where he had talked with the old man and they kissed. That baker, he said to himself, without completing the thought, the levanter was still getting stronger and he felt its force on his face. That wind had brought the moors, yes, but it had also brought the smell of the desert of vile women. It had brought with it the sweat and the dreams of the men who had once left to search for the unknown and for gold and adventure and for the pyramids. The boy felt jealous of the freedom of the wind and saw that he could have the same freedom. There was nothing to hold him back except himself. The sheep, the merchant's daughter, and the fields of Andalusia were only steps along the way to his personal legend. This is a really good spot right here, because he's really at this point of looking out there, and he can see that he's he's justifying it. But he's seen that there's nothing really holding him back. And to be able to recognize that that feeling of jealousness, you know, the freedom of the wind, the wind just goes. And he could have that same freedom. And this is why a lot of, for myself, this Santiago, I I can relate to him because to have that freedom is just amazing. Like I said, I don't buy anything that doesn't fit in my vehicle because I like to be able to just travel and go. I don't like, I don't want to have to think about selling a bed or a couch or computer desk or any of this kind of stuff. I just, I can just pack up and go. And it's, it's super simple, super easy. And then I can just unfold wherever I am. That's that's exactly what I did last year. And after my job kicked me to the curb, I just packed up my car and went. And then I was living here, I was living there, and I was living here, all these different places. And it's 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 a very interesting feeling. And like I said, it's not a life for everybody. It may not be a life for you. I'm not saying that that's the life that you should try to go after. But the idea is always figure out what it is that you want. What kind of life is it that you truly want? Maybe there's a life that you think you want right now. But if you actually dig deep and look at it, you might actually realize that that's not your life that you want. That's the life that you want to portray to other people. So it's it's very it's very important that we have these conversations with ourselves and figure out who is it that we are. We want to we want to audit our own beliefs because if we don't audit our own beliefs, a lot of times we don't know where these beliefs came from. They could have just come from our own lies that we've told over and over again. They could have come from other people. And so we have to audit our beliefs and say, why do I believe this? And is it true? And after auditing them, you may refine down, okay, these are my beliefs. These are outside beliefs. I'm going to get rid of these ones. I'm going to keep these ones. But then you audit again and you may realize because you're a different person now, oh, wait, these are more my beliefs and these ones are actually not mine. And I'm going to get rid of those. And then you keep going. And over time, you're going to, you're going to adopt new beliefs and you're going to adopt new things. And, and it's not like you're going to adopt new beliefs that are truly your own. You're still going to, along the way, adopt beliefs that are going to be because of your environment, because of how people talk around you. And you may not even realize it. Once again, it's, it's, it's figuring out who is, who's the one making the belief. Is it the fear? Or is it actually you? So it's, a, it's very important to audit our beliefs. So here, Santiago is talking about, you know, having this freedom. 
There's nothing that would hold him back except for himself. And that's the very same as you. Nothing's holding you back except for yourself. You might think, oh yeah, but I, I don't have the money. What am I going to do? I, I, I won't have a job. Who would I, who, where would I live? Yada, yada, yada. That's just you. And you, you can figure it out if you put your mind to it. And here he says, the sheep, the merchant's daughter in the fields of Andalusia were only steps along the way to his personal legend. They weren't the destination. The sheep weren't his destination. The merchant's daughter wasn't his destination. In the fields of Andalusia, that, that wasn't his destination. That was just along the way. That's kind of like for myself that where I live right now, this, <laughs> this isn't my forever home. It's just a step along the way. This is fueling the fire for something different. This job is not my forever. This is just a this is just fueling a fire for something different. And so <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm single. Because that idea and that thought, trust me, a girl hears that and she's fucking gone. <laughs> That's why. If I told you the amount of places that I've lived over the course of 15 years, it would just blow your mind. Just you tell that to a girl, boom, he's not forever. Scratch him off the list. <laughs> So, but a lot of times, you know, people think like this city, like, whoa, yeah, but I've got, I've got my mortgage here. I've got my house. I got my kids. I got my family, yada, yada, yada. Like who cares if it's not where you want to be, then, you know, make it happen. Now you may not be able to move just on the, on the fly like I could, but that's okay. You could make it happen at some point in time. Maybe it doesn't happen for you right away, but it happens for you in three years. Maybe it doesn't happen in three years. Maybe it happens in six. Wouldn't that still be worth it? I think so. So we got we got to realize these things along the way. And that's why this this book, you know, we've only made it, what, 21% through. And we've already talked so much about this. And I'm sure that if we refined it down even more, we could talk a lot more about it. The next day, the boy met the old man at noon. He brought six sheep with him. I'm surprised, the boy said. My friend bought all the other sheep immediately. He said that he had always dreamed of being a shepherd and that it was a good omen. That's the way it always is, said the old man. It's called the principle of favorability. When you play cards the first time, you're almost sure to win. Beginner's luck. Why is that? Because there is a force that wants you to realize your personal legend. It whets your appetite with a taste of success. Then the old man began to inspect the sheep, and he saw that one was lame. The boy explained that it wasn't important since that sheep was the most intelligent of the flock and produced the most wool. Where is the treasure, he asked. It's in Egypt, near the pyramids. The boy was startled. The old woman had said the same thing, but she hadn't charged him anything. In order to find the treasure, you will have to follow the omens. God has prepared a path for everyone to follow. You just have to read the omens that he left for you. Before the boy could reply, a butterfly appeared and fluttered between him and the old man. He remembered something his grandfather had once told him, that butterflies were a good omen, like crickets and like grasshoppers, like lizards and four-leaf clovers. That's right, said the old man, able to read the boy's thoughts. Just as your grandfather taught you, these are good omens. The old man opened his cape, and the boy was struck by what he saw. The old man wore a breastplate of heavy gold covered with precious stone. The boy recalled the brilliance he had noticed on the previous day. He really was a king. He must be disguised to avoid encounters with thieves. Take these, said the old man, holding out a white stone and a black stone that had been embedded at the center of the breastplate. They are called Urim and Thummim. The black signifies yes, and the white, no. When you are unable to read the omens, they will help you to do so. Always ask an objective question. But if you can, try to make your own decisions. The treasure is at the pyramids. That you already knew. 
but I had to insist on the payment of six sheep because I helped you make your decision. The boy put the stones in his pouch. From then on, he would make his own decisions. There's, there's, a, real, there's a lot within this that is, that is really good. Omens are, for those of you who, who don't, um, this may be your first time hearing about omens. I believe in omens. I even talked in a podcast sometime back about omens. And for me, when I'm going through life and I'm making these decisions, deciding to move to a new city, deciding to leave a relationship, leave a job, deciding to go in a new direction, sometimes it's scary. Well, actually, all the time it's scary. And what you want is you want to know that you made the right you you made the right choice. And so you make the choice, you think it through, and then you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then you you do that. But there's this little bit of a limbo stage where you're still unsure if you made the right decision. I always find that in that moment of time, there's usually an omen that will show up for you. And it's kind of like an, it's kind of like a, just letting you know, you're on the right path. And it kind of gives you and sets you at ease from it. And I've seen it so many times. And it's one of the most beautiful things. Now, omens aren't just, they're not necessarily coincidences. They're very specific type coincidences that like a coincidence would be if you turn down a, a bad part of the neighborhood, well, you're probably going to see a police car. Like that's just a, not even say a coincidence, but it's just, it's probably going to happen. But you can't look at that as an omen. But if you are maybe thinking about becoming a police officer and you don't know if you should take the job or not, and then all of a sudden you decide that you're going to take the job and you say, I'm going to take this job. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to take the job, become a police officer. And then all of a sudden you walk down your neighborhood, which you never see police officers. You never see them in, in driving by or anything. And then all of a sudden one drives by, stops and asks you for directions. Probably the first police officer you've ever seen in your neighborhood before. And he happens to stop and ask you for directions. That would be an example of a, an omen. So you just made the decision to become a police officer and then something like that happens. It's more than just a coincidence. So now he's talking about the, the two stones. He's talking about the two stones that will help him. It's kind of like a, a faith kind of thing. And you know, you might have something that helps you make decisions. You might have a coin, you might have a whatever it is, a process in order to say, if it if this happens, then I'll make this decision. And sometimes it's easier, kind of helps us along, kind of gives us that little bit of, what we could say, assistance when we are uh, unsure of what direction to take. But the thing is, is that as time goes on and we make a lot of these decisions, what happens is that we we gather a lot of information from that. And from this information, we're actually... We're, we're able to make better decisions down the road. Like I was talking about, should I go to Bali or should I stay in Australia? The only reason I was able to make that decision is because I had all the knowledge of what I was doing in my life, what direction I was going in my life, what made me happy in life, what I enjoyed out of life. If someone's only ever had one relationship, one job and lived in one city before, they don't have a lot of relation. They don't have a lot of information or knowledge about themselves. They don't know if they like black. They don't know if they like white. They don't know if they like vanilla. They don't know if they like chocolate. They don't know if they, they don't know left from right because they haven't made those decisions over the time. But if you make enough of them, you begin to know what you like, what you don't like, what you want, what you don't want, all these different things. And then when you're faced in those situations, you're then able to say, hey, you know what? I know that I want to go in this direction. It's going to be scary at first. It's going to be a lot of uncertainty, but I know I can go that way. So when you have a lot of this knowledge, the less you need something like flipping of a coin or to 
have a couple of stones like Urim and Thummim. And so you're able to make the decision that is best for you over time. But in the beginning, you might just resort to flipping a coin. So don't forget that everything you deal with is only one thing and nothing else. And don't forget the language of omens. And above all, don't forget to follow your personal legend through to its conclusion. But before I go, I want to tell you a little story. I actually really like this story. A certain shopkeeper sent his son to learn about the secret of happiness from the wisest man in the world. The lad wandered through the desert for 40 days and finally came upon a beautiful castle high atop a mountain. It was there that the wise man lived. Rather than finding a saintly man, though our hero, on entering the main room of the castle, saw a hive of activity. Tradesmen came and went. People were conversing in the corners. A small orchestra was playing soft music, and there was a table covered with platters of the most delicious food in that part of the world. The wise man conversed with everyone, and the boy had to wait for two hours before it was his turn to be given the man's attention. The wise man listened attentively to the boy's explanation of why he had come, but told him that he didn't have time just then to explain the secret of happiness. He suggested that the boy look around the palace and return in two hours. Meanwhile, I want to ask you to do something, said the wise man, handing the boy a teaspoon that held two drops of oil. As you wander around, carry this spoon with you without allowing the oil to spill. The boy began climbing and descending the many stairways of the palace, keeping his eyes fixed on the spoon. After two hours, he returned to the room where the wise man was. Well, asked the wise man, did you see the Persian tapestries that are hanging in my dining hall? Did you see the garden that it took the master gardener 10 years to create? Did you notice the beautiful parchments in my library? The boy was embarrassed and confessed that he had observed nothing. His only concern had been not to spill the oil that the wise man had entrusted to him. Then go back and observe the marvels of my world, said the wise man. You cannot trust a man if you don't know his house. Relieved, the boy picked up the spoon and returned to his exploration of the palace. This time observing all of the works of art on the ceilings and the walls, he saw the gardens, the mountains all around him, the beauty of the flowers, and the taste with which everything had been selected. Upon returning to the wise man, he related in detail everything he had seen. But where are the drops of oil I entrusted to you? asked the wise man. Looking down at the spoon he held, the boy saw that the oil was gone. Well, there is only one piece of advice I can give you, said the wisest of wise men. The secret of happiness is to see all the marvels of the world and never forget the drops of oil on the spoon. The shepherd said nothing. He had un understood the story the old king had told him. A shepherd may like to travel, but he should never forget about his sheep. The old man looked at the boy and with his hands held together made several strange gestures over the boy's head. Then, taking his sheep, he walked away. So we're going to finish with this and we'll continue on on part four. But I love the story because it's so true. In my job and many jobs that I've worked, I've been in the military, did all kinds of things. And like I was saying before is that people get stuck in these jobs and their focus then becomes retirement. Their focus becomes pension. They know that deep down in their heart that they want to travel. They know that deep down in the heart that they want to do something more than just what they're currently doing. But they think to themselves, I, I can't. I have to wait. I, I, have to, I have to wait until retirement before I can travel. I have, to, I have to pay off my mortgage. I have to have kids first. I have to do all this stuff first. I can't leave my seniority. But what they're doing is they're focusing on the oil. They're not focusing on the world around them, the beauty around them. And then all of a sudden, when they get to retirement, 
they're sick. Maybe they don't even make it there. You can actually listen more about retirement. I have a podcast a couple of episodes ago that's called Why Retirement is a Joke. And it talks a lot more about this, but it's it's really true. But at the end of the day, what you can't do is you can't also just, let's say, just party all the time and not think about the future. Maybe you like to eat cheeseburgers. Well, it's good to enjoy cheeseburgers, but we also got to realize that eating cheeseburgers all the time is probably not good for us. So this is in relation to the boy just looking at everything and he's all excited and he's just loving it. But then all of a sudden he forgets about the oil. So if you're out there and you're just excited and you're eating cheeseburgers everywhere, that's all you're eating. Well, guess what? You're going to wake up one day and you're going to have a heart attack. And so it's because you forgot about the oil. So if you're if you're working and you're just focusing on retirement and you're kind of forgetting the world around you of what you truly want to do, you're just focusing on the oil. Or maybe you're doing it the other way and you're just out there having fun, but maybe you're not focusing on retirement. You're not focusing on the future. And then all of a sudden you get to be older and you can't walk anymore. You can't do the things that you once could before. Maybe you can't work the job that you could before. And then all of a sudden, how are you going to make an income? Because you didn't invest anything. You didn't save for retirement. You didn't do any of that because you're too focused on having fun, kind of working paycheck to paycheck, spending every dollar on fun and excitement. And now you're old, you're crippled, you're slowed, and you can't. You got to put a roof over your head, but you don't know how. So we have to find the medium in between. How can we still enjoy life, but then at the same time, not forget about the drops of oil so that later down the road, we, when we do get older, we are in a good place. So I'll leave you at that. Okay. I love the story. It's, it speaks so much truth uh, about how people are. And so anyways, Nathan, once again, uh, the other thing that I would probably say is for those of you who usually always reach out and kind of send me a message, love it. Always love it. It's, it's amazing. You like, you have no idea. I'm sitting here alone in my place <laughs> recording this. I don't get paid to record this. I don't make money off of this. I just do this. I enjoy this. I actually really enjoy going through this and talking about this. And this, there's so much out of this book. And we're only 23% through this book. Crazy. But I would say, you know, just you reaching out and saying, hey, I really love your point of view on this. Hey, I really, you know, enjoy listening to what you're doing. Really enjoy it. Uh, it's, you have no idea. And this is for any podcaster, especially if they're smaller they're a smaller podcaster, you know, they're not one of those huge ones that are on the, you know, top 10 lists, whatever it is. But if they're just a small person, you know, that's, uh, that, that goes a long way just to come in and say, you leave a review and say, you know, I've been listening to this since day one. I've been, I just found this podcast and it's amazing. You know, take a listen to it. Talks about this. He's helped me in this. He's got a new perspective, whatever it is. It just, it just blows me away. Like th- those are the thing, the things that I absolutely love. And that's, that's a lot of why I do this and why I've continued to do this. I think I'm on episode like 68 right now. I really want to get to episode 100 is what I want to do. And I think that um, the, the learning and the growing and everything that I, that will help me get to 100 episodes will just be so much. It'll be crazy. And you know, I'm, I continue to learn about the audio to try and bring you quality audio. Continue to learn about editing and different softwares to try and make it easier for me so it doesn't take so much time because if like just to record the audio for example is an hour as you've been listening here 
And then there's the editing that goes along with it. There's the uploading, there's the writing of, you know, the headline, there's the, there's all, all the stuff that goes into it. And then there's the marketing of it and, you know, the cost that's behind all that. And it's, there's a lot to it, you know, and you really have no idea when someone like myself is just doing this out of their, cause they enjoy it. And then all of a sudden some random person just comes in and says, Hey, I really like what you talked about today. Keep it up. You know, I've had people send me voice messages. That was, uh, I don't know if you can still do it, but uh, depending on what you were listening on, they had the ability to send a voice message and like somebody would send me a voice message and say, hey, look, I just thought this was super cool what you talked about here. And it's super cool. It's really neat, really appreciative. And it's not just for me. It's, it's for any person that's out there that you may be listening to. Maybe you watch their videos on something, uh, just uh, the like, the review, the comment, the feedback. Uh, maybe you don't like the audio. Maybe you don't like the intro. Maybe, maybe you think that I, I talk too much about whatever over here, whatever it is. It's all very helpful. And so I hope you guys really enjoy it. I, I enjoy it. I, like I said, we're only 23% through this book. I'm really excited to actually continue. And it, it fires me up, especially like reading this, this little section here of this story that he's talking about. I, I really like that. And I'm I'm excited to get to certain parts of this book so I can talk about them. And so, there's just so much from this. And I can tell that even reading it out loud, I can kind of, I'm kind of seeing it in a different light, which is awesome. So uh, even though I'm just sitting here reading it, whether you listen to it or not, I'm getting something definitely out of this. And when I'm done doing this whole reading through this book, I will get so much more out of this and it'll be amazing. And I hope that you enjoy the journey. If you haven't listened to the other ones, check them out. And uh, I will talk to you later. Nathan, Unplugged Freedom, Instagram, Telegram, send me a message. Let me know what you think. 